today to tell us about this process because we must tell these stories. We Good morning, Australia. Good evening, America. And welcome to everyone listening across the planet today. If you're listening live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch or Twitter, we have the delightful Hannah ready and waiting to respond to your comments and questions. And just a reminder that if you find, want to find out more about our shows, please jump on to TonyLontis.com where you'll find information about our shows, our guests and our co-hosts. You'll also find lots of information on our YouTube channel, Tony Lontis, and I'd love you to subscribe to our channel. It makes Kez and our lives wonderfully better when we know we have subscribers. There's also a link to Kez's YouTube channel at the bottom of the show notes. Now, a reminder too that you can see the replays on Tony TV, um, our own channel app, which is available on Roku, LG, Samsung, smart devices and TVs across the planet. I want to do a welcome of country today because of the special part that Indigenous communities play in the development of a country's cultural identity. So I want to respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugamba language region, the traditional owners of the land in which we meet, and pay my respect to their elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening here today. Now, before I introduce you to my co-host with the most S, Miss Kez Wickham St. George, I just want to start the show by saying a big shout out to my amazing team. Now, that starts with the guys at BBS Radio TV and our weekly sound technician, TJ, who hears the scramble that goes on sometimes before live shows go to air, hears the panic, and actually is a calming voice and presence on the other end of the line before we go live to air. So going live to air is actually completely stressful at times. People don't turn up, guests pull out and then decide that this is not the right time for them. All sorts of things happen in the immediate lead up to a live show. Um, and so my team includes TJ and the BBS radio team and of course my gorgeous co-host, which I'll tell you a little bit more about in a moment. But behind the scenes, scrambling in that 20 minutes before a live show is my beautiful PA, Renee. Now, Renee does amazing job with Little and we are not located together. So Renee lives and works in the Philippines and I just, there's days when I want to reach out and give her a big hug. She is an amazing individual and I could not do what I do without her. And also listening in the background, we used to have the gorgeous Payo doing commenting and we've now got Hannah who does exactly the same thing for us. I couldn't do, Kez couldn't do what we do each and every week without the team that sits behind us. And a big shout out to Jen, who is my online business manager and who quietly, patiently and out of the spotlight does amazing things with the website. So I thought it was important to start today when I've had just an incredibly bad week. And I wanted people to know that despite showing up every week, week in, week out, I'm human. And there's weeks when the things in life are just exhaustingly present. And having just been through two consecutive floods in a month, plus having to rehome our animals, plus having to clean up from the devastation of floods, I feel like I'm floundering. And that's why I'm so grateful to the people in and around me um, and grateful to Kez for showing up and doing this show with me because not only is she one of my closest friends, but she actually relieves the workload and the pressure on me simply by showing up. And so today I wanted to start the show and tell you just how magnificent Kez Wickham St. George is. Now you might look at Kez and think that she is an old girl, 
But I'm telling you, she has the heart of a passionate young woman. And she spends her life writing amazing books, promoting what we do together, connecting with people and making sure that they're okay. And in the background of that, not only does she continue to write all sorts of genre, from fiction to non-fiction and now poetry, she's found time to produce and help produce a small movie about one of her books. She appears each and every week on the Author and Artist Hour with me, without fail, She's like an ever-ready battery that just keeps going on and on and on. And then, to top things off, she connects with new and emerging artists and authors. She mentors them and then does amazing YouTube reviews of their books. I am the most grateful co-host in the planet to have gorgeous Kez Wickham St. George as my co-host on the Author and Artist Hour. And so this week, we're going to talk about what's been happening in the world of Kez. Good morning, Kez. Good morning. How are you? I'm better. Now I have you by my side on this show. You had some amazing things happen over the last recent Mm. weeks. And I thought that it's a great opportunity for you to let the audience know what's been happening in Kez's world because it's pretty cool, people, what Kez has been able to accomplish, particularly in the last 12 months. So I'm going to hand over to you to let the audience know some of the amazing things that have been happening for you and what we've got coming up in May. Okay, well, what's been happening to me? Um, Well, as all authors, we all think my book is worth a movie. All authors think I'm no different from anyone else, except I had the contacts to make it happen. And so, and I was still very nervous about it. You know, the the movie producer might think this is rubbish. I'm going to put it in the bin. And so I, um, I approached her. I'm very lucky that she lives in the same district as me. So, um, I invited her over a cup of tea. Now, we've only ever met twice before at networking situations. I invited her over um, and we got talking. I showed her the prologue of my last novel, which is Scribe, which is the last book of the trilogy. And we just made eye contact. And it was, without having to say it, it was a yes. And I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it that... This young lady, and she is, is very young, um, next to me, she's young anyway, um, decided that she would promote and deliver a movie to me about my work. And I'm still, even though the premiere's been gone, done, um, I'm still pinching myself that I was that fortunate. I am not a huge, huge public speaker. You know, when, when there's uh, two or 300 people in the auditorium, um, I, I tend to think, I tend to, I look like a, a squirrel on headlights. I get these big eyes and I think, oh, my goodness, what do they want me to say? I'm better on this situation talking to you, Tony, and to an audience I can't see. So anyway, um, she got me up on stage and I was very calm and I knew I had to be calm to speak. And she said to me, what would you like to say? And I'm not a pretty crier. My face just crumbled up and I cried. And I just hugged her and I thought, I can't thank you enough. I cannot thank you or the actors who I chose. Um, I went before a board of um, a panel of, um, what you call it? A panel of, of experienced people that knew what they were looking for in my story. And they agreed with me over a lunch and after we'd finished that um, these were the actors we were going to use. So I was blown away by all of that. And then I, standing on stage, sitting in the audience, watching the movie, just watching it unfold and my words and my scenery, what I'd asked for being shown on screen, 
And it's all, I, I wanted to keep it local. It was kept within Rockingham and Perth in a place called Safety Bay. I was sitting next to the mayor and she said to me, I have never, ever seen Safety Bay from a drone's point of view. And it's a beautiful place where we live. It's stunning where we live. And so, um, yeah, that's what happened. I had 100 people because of COVID in the audience. Uh, I had people inquiring for more books. I had my autograph taken. I was interviewed by a major newspaper. It all happened. And I'm sort of thinking, um, how did this happen? But it was all my movie producers, which she did, not me. I, I just gave her the prologue and said, let's work with it. And I'm still blown away that 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 happened. That was for me. That was my book on stage on a movie. It's the most amazing, breathtaking moment of my life so far. And yeah, I, that's all I, I. I'm still speechless. I'm still <laughs> thinking. But this happened, and that happened, and and this happened, and someone like came up, and there were so many people wanting to shake my hand, hug me. Um, congratulate me. It was just a blur. It really was a blur. I walked the red carpet um, and someone said to me, you are so humble because I just wanted to hide under the carpet. (laughs) 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 It was was a moment in my life um, I will never, ever. And, And I will always be grateful to the producer, Sally Newman, who you will be meeting very soon, Tony. Yes, um, I can't the wait movie to meet her in will person. Be showing, the movie will be shown at the MMH retreat um, and Sally will be getting up and giving a wee speech about how the movie was made and the contacts we've made since then. She's been offered some amazing opportunities because <gasps> of this movie. Mm. Oh, wow. that's so She will be going into maybe major movie productions I would guess I would guess so she is so talented that um, I mean my as she said to me your prologue is five minutes long we need a half hour movie can you imagine what she Mm. had to do now Sally also um, she is a a beautiful beautiful woman to get to know Mm. but um, I was very she's so active I was quite surprised that she um as a disability of MS. Yes. I was very surprised, yes. very surprised about that because she doesn't show it at all. As you know, both both of us have little disabilities in different ways and yes. none of us show it. Yes. So when she told me of her, sometimes I don't quite make it, Kez, to yeah. a meeting or to to show up for her actors and she, she never missed a beat. And yeah. I really appreciated that. I was invited. Uh, it took a year. It took a, a year, and I just every week we would make contact. Every week she would say it's going ahead beautifully, and I'd think, mm, I haven't seen anything yet. What's going on? <laughs> I know. But, Kez would say, I know something's happening, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I didn't. Well, she she did invite me one horribly rainy, awful, cold day to be down at the beach and watch the actors with all their makeup on because mm. uh, there were bones sticking out of skin and goodness knows what in, in the prologue. So um, she had a beautiful, very clever makeup artist, uh, but the day was too cold, it was rainy, it was blowing a gale, the sea yeah. was crashing up against the sea walls, and I declined. I, I said, yeah. I'll sit in my armchair and watch the movie. So, yeah. so she was very grateful for my attitude too, which was, um, I don't want to interfere. This is your baby. This is your mm. creation. Let's mm. see what you come up. I knew she wouldn't embarrass me because if she embarrassed me, then there was it just went it, it was like skittles, they fell down on the line. So I knew I just trusted her. You know, when you look in a person's eyes and you know I can trust you, that is the biggest thing. I do I do a lot of book reviews yes. uh, for different authors and I know, I, I just know who I can trust and who will appreciate the fact that I volunteer this information. I, there, there is no charge for my book review. I volunteer it. Um, and it gives me great joy to do so because sometimes books books get swallowed up every weekend. They just get swallowed up. Yeah. They're not noticed. And yeah. 
my heart goes out to the author. I've just been one of the more fortunate ones that my books have been well and truly out there, published, um, and people have been buying them. So I'm very, very lucky. I also have a wonderful publisher, um, MMH Press, um, who makes sure that all my books are taken notice of. So, Mm. yeah, even the poetry book, um, we were going to uh, launch it this week, and it's just too busy. So we've decided to put it back till the day after the retreat finishes. That was um, my, so, that yeah, was my next a, question because that's been your next endeavour was to write um, poetry. So all of your books have yeah. been um, uh, non-fiction uh, so far. Or what's the, what's actually, what's the correct genre for your writing, Kez? I, for my novels, I am a fiction yes. writer. Yes, it is fiction. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But you... When you write a novel, Tony, yeah, and you know from experience, yes, you write from experience. Uh, unless it's, there are some authors out there that come up with the most amazing, amazing um, genres, and it's sort of fiction, it's folk story, it's mm. a little bit of magic. Yeah. I don't do that. My my fictions are my experiences, and I add to them. Um, and sometimes they're not my experience. Mm. You know, I've been told a story, so I will add that into the book as well. And there are, they are always, um, I ask permission. It's very important that people know their story's going in a book. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and also it helps with sales. You've got to be honest. You got It helps yes. with it. They know my stories in that book. I'm going to buy the book. So I'm going to buy one for mum and dad and Nana and granddad as well. So, yeah, mm. it does It does help when um yeah, my, my life is pretty magical because I don't I, I just know that there are people out there that need to be taken care of when it comes yeah. to books whatever Kez, you're writing um, you've always written but this latter part of your life has been filled with lots of books and lots of writing and now the movie Um your experience with the movie has uh, shown that writing can lead somewhere other than books. Definitely. And, yeah. And so I have been privileged to share the movie journey with Kez along the way from the moment she knew that the prologue was going to be made into a movie and the excitement um, I was able to share when she told me, I think this is happening. It's really, really special to be included in someone's success. And we here in Australia don't do success well. And I think that part of the reason I like working with Kez is because she's so humble about what she's done. And she has achieved, particularly in the last 12 months, that we have been doing shows and been talking. The things that she achieved from her writing to the movie to speaking in public. Now, you have to understand that this has not been something that Kez has ever been comfortable with. But through her journey in the last 12 months, she's now feeling confident in speaking in front of larger groups of people. Now, that doesn't mean to say that she doesn't get nervous and it doesn't scare her, but she still does it. And the point of this is, it's never too late, is it, Kez? It's never too late. No. No, everyone has a story. Everyone has the right to be heard. Uh, that's that's my byline. As you you know, write a book, write your story down. And the thing is, I'm I'm not suggesting that you write your heart, you know, put your heart on paper. You can fictionalize it. Yes, that, that was my very first book. I fictionalized it so that I was comfortable. The people I was writing, I was writing about. Um, there was no names, times, dates, or places. You've got to be yeah. you've got to be clever. You just can't, you you know, when you do your first draft of your manuscript, you can spill your heart out on the paper. Absolutely. But then you get clever. You get really clever Mm. with it. Ask for help. Get a mentor. Mm. You know, get someone that knows what they're doing. 
yes. that says you can't you can't put that in. But let's put it another way. Um, I recently I had a a senior woman come to me and say, mm. um, I had a I've had this fairy story on my head for years, and she showed me the first draft, um, and. She said, but you're not horrified. I said, well, no, it's your first manuscript ever. And we can work together on it. Let's change the lead, the first line, the first sentence. Mm. And she wanted to know, you know, with my experience, and it's only because I've had people teach me. Yes. You don't know these things. You don't know how to put a book into the correct format to show someone without someone showing you how to do it. And there's no shame in that. No. And this is what I find with people. They, oh, but I'm not good it's at not writing. Perfect. I am. I'm good at writing and I will help you. Mm. You know, there's there's no excuses these days. When it comes to um, writing, I've had tremendous fortune. Mm. You know, good luck, whatever you want to call it. I've been noticed. And mm-hmm. then I thought it's my time to give back. Mm. And that's the way I deal with it. I give yeah. back, you know, I'm on, I'm so privileged to be on a co-host on Tony TV that, you know, I, I wake up at six in the morning and I'm ready to go and I can't wait. I just I talk about the, the, um, the ever ready battery. I'm like the bunny that's exactly all over the place. <laughs> let's go, let's go. So I get very excited and, and the, you know, the MMH retreat's coming up. Yes. Thank goodness I'm not a speaker. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm on a panel. I'm on a panel of poets. Um, Poetry is my deeper side of life. I write about emotions uh, Mm. in poetry. I wrote, when I first came to Australia, I was incredibly lonely. Because my husband went up to the mine site, so I had nobody here. Mm. I had to learn to make new friends. I had to learn to become involved and in New Zealand, I didn't need to. I was so well known. I was invited mm. everywhere. Um, I didn't need to ask, can I join your club? I didn't need to make new friends. I had lifelong friends over there. It was a huge leap uh, to come to Australia. I will never be sorry I came yeah. here. But that was 20 years ago. So it's, mm. I've been, I'm also an artist. So I yes. first started off in the public view as doing art exhibitions. And my very first art exhibition was in a private home and my MC was my local doctor. I didn't know anyone oh. else. Wow. I didn't know anyone else. I so I used to do a lot of mosaics as well. So two of my artworks were um were huge. They were huge. They were I forget the actual measurements. I didn't expect them to sell. I had a place for them each in my little garden. They both sold um, to a, to a, a lady that was having a private wedding at home, and she's yes. so beautiful. I'll put yeah. them in. I'll, I'll show them at the wedding, um, which she did, and I got more orders through that. Yeah. So life has been very, very good to me. But as an artist, your next door neighbour as an artist, it's a really hard field to get into. Everybody yeah. is an artist yeah. of some genre, yeah. and so. I decided that I would bring out my teaching skills because in New Zealand, that's I was known as a teacher. Yes. So I bought art, my way of art, the South Pacific way of art, the, um, let's just go, art, into Perth. And there was such a, there was like a big collective sigh of relief. We are no longer structured. Kids can teach us. Can just um, relax. Paint the way that they want. Yeah. Because so painting is um, – often people take up painting when they're recovering from an illness, mm-hmm. um, suffering from um, depression or anxiety. What is it about painting that helps soothe and heal the soul? When you're going through trauma, Tony, um, painting to me personally was mm. – I took my mind off problem. Yeah. It just took it away. So, you know, the right, from what I've been shown and taught, the right brain can't argue with the left side of the brain, with the creative side. So the logic, the problems, the troubles, the everyday life is let to rest. Uh-huh. 
No, it's resting. The, the, the monkey brain isn't there. Yeah. So it's just creative. It's just putting color on paper for anybody out there that wants to relax. Mm. Just add color. Don't don't start being, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to be a famous artist by just putting color. There's no expectations. And that's the beauty of it. There are absolutely no expectations. That's why I adore journaling. Because I sit up in bed at night when I'm trying to go to sleep, my monkey brain's chattering away. And I doodle, I, I have a journal and I doodle in that journal. I, I write little bits of poetry and I, I've always got something out there that I want to write about. My day, what's my husband up to, what my kids are up to, um, who I've met. And then I'll, I'll put like little drawings beside it. You can't see it when you're over here, Tony, because you're in my journal as well. <laughs> okay (laughs) (laughs) so it's 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 like a release to me uh when I first started um when I first started art I was in college and I was amazed at what my teacher it was very structured very structured and I followed and I'm not a rule follower I'm a rule breaker so mm. I followed the rules, footstep after footstep, and he was complimenting me on my ability to copy, to copy what I what he had shown us. Like it, we didn't have screens in those days; it was like a photo was handed out to each person, and I had the ability to put the finesse onto the animal cartoons that he gave us to copy. So I would put the whiskers in the big round eyes, the eyebrows <laughs> on them, you know, and I would I would cartoon them up, not knowing that that would one day be my job as a cartoonist. Yeah, not even having a clue. I was just very creative, you know. I'd I'd, put, I'd he'd give me a uh, a picture of a cat. I'd put a cigarette in the cat's mouth. Um, <laughs> th- that's who I was, you know. I just liked to, you know, I'd put a mo on the dog. I, you know, that he'd show me a, a picture of a giraffe and the giraffe would be um, eating a cabbage. Things, you know, <laughs> silly things, silly things that I thought, this is how I see, this is how I see the picture because my brain worked differently. Mm. And I also used to write little rhymes to go with them. When I, when it was time to go to work, um, I, I met my f- very first uh, I, I was a window dresser and a ticket writer. Yeah. And I met my very first transvestite. Yes. Who was who was my teacher? Yes. As a window dresser, and he taught me some wonderful tips in life. Is that um, fake it till you make it? <laughs> so mm. we did. We did. We had such a beautiful time. We every Friday night, we would window dress that window. Um, he would, now I was 15 mm-hmm. and very innocent. My parents are very religious. So I was very innocent, very naive, um, taught so much about the world by this one man. And yeah. he was, I will never forget him. Yeah. His name was Nick. Uh, he was a Samoan and yes. a wonderful, wonderful man. He, re- he had me, I didn't, he was feeding me martinis and teaching me this much. I just enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had fun. I just had yeah, fun, yeah. and I never saw it as a job. Um, sadly, my mother found out when I arrived. I'm a bit tipsy one night, and she found out, and so I was dragged away from that job and put into another job, which was full cartooning. And they loved what I did, and I stayed there for quite a while. Uh, just drawing mm-hmm. cartoons of this one one particular cartoon. It was Four Square Man, and I used to draw him, um, draw him as they asked me to, to go on their weekly. It used to be like a weekly newspaper that went out um, to different shoppers, and then in my private time, I'd cartoon him up. 
because th- that's who I saw him at. You know, a silly little man with a packet of tea in his hand and a white apron on. Well, what can you do with that? There's lots you can do with that. So I learned that my sense of humor wasn't like everybody else. I was very, very different. Um, I learned that um, life, you had to search for the joy in life. You really had to search for it. Because life, my, as I said, my parents were very, very strict. Why? They used to look at me and shake their heads because I had learned how to use makeup through mm. being with a window dresser. I'd learned how to do my hair. I was very different from the rest of the um, organization that my mum and dad were in. So, yeah, that's how I, I learned that life can be fun. I mean, we all have our ups and downs, Tony. You know, it's mm. life's a, life teaches you. Life does. And if, if people think um, the other day, for instance, I was outside of my garden in the front lawn, which is very open to the public. And this young man went past and he doffed his hat to me and he went, good morning, old school. And I was just, I just burst out. I thought it was beautiful because I am old school. I'm definitely old school. But I treasure that also. Absolutely treasure every moment. It's given me wisdom. It's also given me focus. So when the book started arriving, when when I came to Perth, lonely, write a book. And I wrote um, I also taught art over here, but that's actually taken quite a big back seat uh, since I've begun writing. Because yes. I interview a lot of people. Mm. Um, MMH Press, uh, Press, I am so grateful to because they've made sure that my name went out there. Yeah, They just made sure. So I became yeah. a bestseller and best reader with my first three books for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That really took me by surprise. When my publisher uh, rang me, the night of the launch of my very first book with her, she went, Kez, even before you've had your launch, you've become a bestseller. I couldn't, I couldn't. I said, what? Say that again. <sighs> so, yeah, what a surprise and what a privilege, absolute honour to mm. work with a person that knew my knew my heart mm. and she does, you know, she does know me. So, um, yeah, it was like, well, I'm there, but what next? Mm. And all of a sudden I had the what next syndrome. I hadn't had that before. So um, I just keep writing, keep writing, keep improving. And then I thought, what about, you know, talking to other authors? And I got their opinion of how come you are where you are? but we're still in the backdrops here wanting for our books. So I decided to do something about it. So I do book reviews. um, And the movie was a surprise. And then your offer of coming on Tony TV. What an honour. Absolute privilege to be here every Wednesday morning, looking at your gorgeous face, talking about all sorts of things from... um, floods to the newest author to movies we cover such huge topics the authors that actually come on your show don't know how privileged they are they really don't get it Hmm. you know they are truly truly privileged to be on the show you know i know that excuse me when you um when i put authors before you i know that um your team go through them and and see if, if they're suitable so Wow, that's a huge wow for me because of my little office and my little world here. I actually go through my the authors that come to me and I, I think, can I do something with you? Can I, mm. can I put you? There has been many, many books that I've said, I, sorry, I can't work with this. Yeah. Because they've never trusted a mentor. Yes. They've never trusted a life coach. Yes. They don't trust themselves. They yes. can't look at mirror and think, this story is so worthwhile. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do something with it. Mm. My advice to anybody is find yourself an honest mentor. Or it's a, a powerful coach. thing. Yeah. And, and it's I, scary. And it's, it, it's not an easy thing to do, Kez, is to allow someone to read your words and comment on it. And you don't actually have to always agree but the very process of allowing a mentor uh, around your book will make your book better so if you can just get over yourself and trust someone like Kez 
to help with your book. You will have a better book. Oh, and, definitely. And, and it's about having the best version of your book that you can possibly do and a second set of eyes outside of your own inner circle and and yourself will always make your book better and it's not an easy process i you know i remember working with my editor and she challenged me every step of the way I think you should write it like this. I think you need to give more. I think you need to write more. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's <laughs> that whole, oh, my God, it's just, it, you know, because you're bearing your soul. Mm. But the thing that will make the book better is that process of bearing your soul in a way that connects to other human beings. And we connected by stories. So the better you tell the story, we're going to be and that's how you like to help people wanting to write books you know that's how you mentor them through that process is to go well this is great but what if we said it this way what if we wrote it this way what if you included this perspective to add depth to that character so kez is not only uh a mentor but she's done it herself so she's done the hard yarn she's how many books are do. we up to how many, how many books are we up to kez how many uh, books have I've you got, got number now 13 13 on yeah. its way so yeah. if you're the author of 13 books that doesn't come overnight and that doesn't come without a process of being open to um other people's thoughts and so if you're got a book rumbling around in your head and you want someone just to run the ideas past please jump on a call with Kez because an author of 13 books has absolutely got the knowledge and wisdom you need to get your book out of your head and onto paper and onto a publisher Kez I had a thought before when you were talking about your work in cartoons and I wondered if you've ever thought about writing a cartoon book or a series of cartoon books based on the cartoon work that you did years ago. I have done. I, I have really, done so. You I have? have done so. Yes. yes. But, it, but it wasn't well received. Um, must oh. remember, no, it's not well received. Um, there are a lot, all storybooks are almost, children's storybooks have, yes. don't have the pictures, most of them are cartooned. The ones I have read recently have cartoons in them. Now, mm-hmm. um, there's one I'm reviewing next Wednesday um, after our show that she is just bought a beautiful book out. Yeah. But to look at the cover, beautiful. It really is a stunning, but it's cartooned. Oh. So there's nothing new. There, there are more creative ways, which I'm now mentoring a young lady at, uh, there are more creative ways. So let's put it this way. Um, you write a book and it's all uh, this particular author has beautiful drawings in it that you can actually paint in the lot within the lines. Mm. Um, she has beautiful, positive words. Right? Okay. The book was launched last year and it was huge. She sold, I think it was 300 copies on the day of the launch. Yeah. And that was Wow. To me, I was there, I saw it, I thought, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. She honoured me by saying I couldn't have done this without cares by my side. Uh, we didn't go through a publisher. She went through a printer. There's so many ways to get a book out there, so many ways. You've got to be wise on your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't want to be international and she didn't want to be global. She mm-hmm. just wanted her little township here in Rockingham, a place called Quinana, and Mandra to get to know her books. She got hired through that book. She got hired to uh, work in a huge firm, uh, making up, they have, as you walk into their foyer, they have these wonderful, um, what would you call them? Boxes of surprises, I would say. So, yeah, uh, she, 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 she pretties up the foyer for them. She puts like look, look, big boxes in there and you open the box and what's in the box? Um, it's it's amazing what goes on. Uh, but she came to me and she said, right, I've done the book, what next? And we have to sit down and put our thinking caps on. And this is yeah. what a good mentor does. 
Yes. And mental will think outside the box. Yeah. So now she's doing um, colour and jigsaws. Yeah. Each of her positive words has been yeah. put into a jigsaw. It's coming out, I think, next month. Um, and then she's doing uh, flip cards. You know, the, remember the old uh, Hayes you House? Babies? Yes. Yeah. Remember, remember Hay, Hay House? They bought out the flip card of positive words. That was the first time I'd ever seen anything like this. Is coming back many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taught her to re-emerge that, you know, bring it out, a positive word or a positive quote mm-hmm. every day off your book, not mm-hmm. someone else's, but your your thoughts on paper. And let's flip the card every day if something new. So you know, you've got you might have um, each month there's a different saying because it's you know how many days of the year that's a lot of flip cards. So we made it monthly. Um, there's so many ways you've got to be. As a mentor, you have to be really creative and you guide. Now, if your client says, I don't want to change it, they don't change it. There's no rule. Mm. So, but on warning the client, this will actually go before. If I put you before a publisher, and I have three publishers I'm affiliated with, if I put you before one of them, that publisher will say, yes, please, or no, thanks. Mm. If it's yes, please, you go before a professional editor. Mm. You go before a book proofer. Yeah. So it's not. It's no longer. Now, when I when I was little and I learned that to get a book written, you had to find a publisher. That's all and we knew. It, yeah. You had to send your, your, as I called them, lots of papers when I was very mm. little. You know, and I saw it happen. You know, I saw it happen with my school teachers. They would send their manuscripts on. And it went before a publisher. Nobody knew what happened. It went into a big, as far as I was concerned, went down a long tunnel and popped out the other end of the book. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. And it wasn't until I started um, publishing myself, well, you know, giving my work over to a publisher, I realised the hard work. And if your publisher is not a good publisher, then the editing and the proofing won't be perfect. You will find people ringing you personally and saying you missed a full stop. Yeah, you misspelled a word. That's so embarrassing mm. because you've got then you've got to stop and say it's not me, it's my publisher. Yeah, and then they think you're making excuses. You're not. Mm. It's what what the publisher has missed, and you've got to be fair. Even the best publisher on earth will miss. Will make mistakes. Almost dotting the I. Mm. Well, boo-hoo, it's in the book, you know, and the next one will be better. Everyone has to make a mistake to improve. We don't do it naturally. And the other thing is, Kez, that, um, you know, from my perspective, so what if there's a full stop missing? So what if there's a misspelt word? Like, seriously, if that's the only thing that you have to complain about in life, life is very small for the person making that comment. And I actually am a believer that you cease to have the right to criticize someone unless you've done something similar. So if Kez reads a book and finds a spelling mistake, I would take that over and above anyone else's comment. Commentary because I know Kez has been there and done that. She's done the hard yard. She's 13 books published is not um, a small achievement. That's a massive achievement. That's a massive amount of work. That's a massive amount of personal growth and putting yourself out there. That's Mm -hmm. no small feat. So for someone to come back and say to Kez, oh, there's a full stop missing, my response would be, oh, okay, so where's your 13 published books? (laughs) I actually think that you cease to have the right to criticise unless you've been there and done it yourself. I actually believe that you don't have the right to be super critical and super focused unless you've been in there and done it yourself. Um, Very and true. I, I think that Kez has earned the right to be that expert and that wise person in um, writing and publishing because she's got 13 books to her name. And um, and that has come with lots and lots of life learning. As you heard before, you know, Kez 12 months ago 
would not get up in front of a group of people, but yet she still does it. And she still comes on this show each and every week, shows up, interviews with me. And um, I just think that's amazing. I think that women come into a wonderful and amazing part of their life as they age because I think that there's a wisdom that comes with age and if you can listen to a wise woman you will be a better person just because of that Kez. Yes well sadly I didn't have any elders in my life. Uh, Yes. my, My last grandparent died when I was just turned 15, uh, my mother passed away when I was 30. Yes. So I haven't had wise women in my life. So I, when I meet first people um, that are in their 70s and 80s, I soak it up. Yeah. Because I think you've lived life. You've seen it. And when yes. people say to me, um, it's quite cheeky actually when they say, <laughs> oh, did you see, uh, were you part of World War Two?" No, I was not. I was not part of, I was, you know, I was after World War II, quite a way after World War II, but I saw what it did to people. That piqued my interest in people. Yesterday, I gave a, was it yesterday? No, Monday. I was invited to do a 10-minute speech before an American and Canadian um, audience. So I did. I did. And what I tried to make them understand is I have a really large family that I don't really know anymore because the people that I am related to, was related to, have passed over. They have left people, their families behind them, of course. So I have third, fourth, fifth, sixth cousins I've never met. Now, part of my family, and it's not in my bloodline, but part of my family are Maori. I have part of a family that's Fijian Indian. I have part of a family that is Jewish, Irish, and English. Wow. Now, how they all came to New Zealand, I'm busy finding out myself at the moment. Mm. But we had these people around our kitchen table. Mm. Now, as a little girl of, of 10 and 12, and my parents being very, very religious and following the line that you had to step on, you didn't go off that line. Um, when my relations invited me for school holidays, I was there. I was there. I used to say to my parents, please let me go, please let me go. And I learned stories. As a 12-year-old, I was dressed in a sari with my Fijian Indian relations. Yeah. Whose people were so beautiful, so loving, so kind. Dressed in a sari, my hair slipped back with lily oil. Pure, I, I just smelt like lily. Um, oh. With a bindi on my yes. forehead. Yes. I make up to die for. Loads and loads of bracelets and jewellery. Walking down the main street of Wellington called Cuba Street, being a Hare Krishna. I've got a gorgeous vision of that now. <laughs> Who would have thought? My parents, when they found out, they were horrified. <laughs> I always remember my mother's face. But, yes, um, I did that for maybe oh, three or four months before they found out. Nothing bad about it. Nothing horrendously evil about it. I was interested in why these people, who were they? Who was this Hare Krishna? Why couldn't I talk about him? This was my how my brain worked. When I was um, 16, um, maybe uh, 15, 16, I would attend the leader of my parents' cult. Um, I would go for dinner at their, at their house, at the leader's house. And they were Americans and really open-minded about discussing religion. Fascinated me. Because originally I was brought up as a Roman Catholic. And... Then mum said, no, that's not good. So we'll go to Church of England. And then that's not good. So they became very religious. And in their little cult world, um, 
So to listen to people all around me as a growing up, treated like an adult, and talked about the Mormons. I've yes. never heard about these people. Yeah. Who were these people? Yeah. I was fascinated by religion, by always being fascinated by topics of conversation. Yeah. yeah. And I've always been a listener. Never, never so. If you don't know about it, then don't talk about it because you look like an idiot. So I just would listen and soak it in so much that I'm now writing about different people and religions and I just find it amazing. The movie took me by absolute surprise. Yeah. MMH Press, um, they've honoured me in many ways, like being on a panel as a poet, wow. Yeah. Um, poetry comes to me very naturally. Yeah. And what's next? Um front cover of a magazine called Honeybee. I know. And Kez yeah. shared the cover with me first thing this morning. It's incredibly exciting. Kez, thank you so much for sharing with the audience today the story of Kez. Um, as I said, it's a wonderful privilege for me to co-host a show with you each and every week. Um, it's you. kind of the highlight of my week and the moment that I look forward to, I can actually relax and just share the load with someone. Um, that, my friends, is um, our show for this week. We've completely run out of time talking to Kez about her life and her story. We would we will be back next week with another author. Um, until then, I encourage you, if you've got a book rattling around in your head and you just want someone to talk to, please reach out to Kez. She's available on all socials. Her contact details will appear in the notes uh, aligned with this show. I encourage you. This beautiful, amazing, wise woman is there to help you and she can give you advice. She can take you on a mentoring journey and then she can introduce you to the publishers who will help you get your book to reality. And if not, she'll tell you that as well. So please, audience, connect with Keswick and St. George. I encourage you to do that, especially if you've got um, ideas around any sort of book. Kez, thank you so much for coming on thank the you. show with me each and every week. I can't wait to actually uh, get to hug you in person coming up shortly. But in the meantime, we have, we have a few more shows to get through before that happens. But that, my friends, is your lot for this week. The Author and Artist Hour will be back next week with my co-host Kez Wickham St. George. Bye for now. Bye-bye. today to tell us about this process because we must tell these stories. We must